other edition of Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> I'm Ben Slowey. And very, very happy today because I'm joined with me by three of uh, my old fraternity brothers um, who I met at uh, in the Alpha Epsilon Pi fraternity, Mu Epsilon chapter uh, at UWM. Uh, it's been quite some time since I've seen these lads and uh, um, also the first time I'm doing uh, multiple guests on one Zoom, so we've got a little gallery view action here. Um, and I'm excited to talk to them a little bit about um, college, uh, our fraternity, and life after it. So I want to welcome Brandon Bloom, Ryan Evans, and Brandon Wynn. I'll drink to that. Yeah, that's right. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Let's go down the line. When? How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Um, I'm living with my girlfriend now, <laughs> against everyone's wishes. <laughs> um, I'm out in Wauwatosa now, so I finally left Milwaukee. Although I am still in Milwaukee County. Um, Bro, you have you haven't left shit. You can't. Leave. <laughs> it's like Cook County in Illinois. You can't. You can't leave Cook County. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I know. I am in River West, and it feels like a totally different world than the East Side. Um, oh. So I feel that to a degree. Uh, Bloom, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. You know, working, been working from home for the past like half a year. You know, just I don't get out as much anymore just because I'm <laughs> here like all the time. Are um, you doing the, are you still doing the coatings company? Oh, no way. No way. <laughs> I, I work for a company called DSM Food Specialties. They basically make different stuff uh, like, they they sell to different food producers so lots of stuff that has to do with like cheeses uh dairy <laughs> products yeah uh you know flavorings etc amazing uh can they deliver some food to me <laughs> um, maybe if we get any samples from customers ryan how you doing good can't complain man just been uh chilling the last few months since the pandemic started got laid off so yeah <laughs> are you still at um at miller time before yes now um i got my bartending certification while during lockdown because you know there was nothing else better to do so yeah hopefully you know once things start coming down i'll get that so you're saying i could come uh come to the bar get a drink from uh old professor clumps <laughs> for you ben sure amazing um what uh what does that entail um getting your certification you just take a class online and uh once you do that you just take it to the city don't you have to pay for it yeah you do oh i actually am starting somewhat of a bartending gig at uh, the astor hotel oh, um, nice. doing uh weddings and like banquets and stuff but we didn't have to, it's strange because we, I didn't have to take a test or get certified for it. I don't yeah. know if it's different. If well, Wisconsin law, if, if there's someone on like supervising you that has a license, then you don't really need it. Oh, good. Yeah. Someone's, uh, someone's watching every move I make. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm probably going to pour some shit I'm not supposed to pour. Uh, <laughs> I you did accidentally go for the expensive whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that actually did happen last. So I did my first event this past weekend. Um, and literally I'd, it was a, literally I had a one job 
I had one job and that was to pour a double shot of Henny and I reached for the maker's mark by accident. <laughs> okay, the, the, bottles, the bottles look too similar and- uh, You know what Henny looks Henny's like. Iconic. You love Henny. <laughs> yeah, well, I was nervous, okay? I, I was, I reached out of desperation. <laughs> um, but that is cool. Bartending sounds like, I mean, it'll be a fun, lucrative gig. Um, are you looking anywhere specifically? Um, not right now. No one's really hiring. But hopefully, once fall comes around, things will be a little bit more calm. Or maybe yeah. when the pandemic starts... Maybe actually going away. Yeah, maybe fall of 2021. Um, I mean, by that time, I might be back at Miller time if they ask me to come back, but I don't really want to be a food runner anymore. So, yeah, I feel like this, the pandemic really just taught us the, like, it taught us that we're over this shit. And it taught us to, like, you know, like, know what we want to be different, like, on our way, like, on the other side of all this. So, yeah, I got laid off too, um, and uh, I know that I never want to be a fucking dishwasher again. So uh, I was laid off without any communication from my boss, and I found out that they reopened from looking at Facebook. So that's lovely. Greedy, yeah, greedy ass. Yeah, capitalists, man. You don't need them. <laughs> no, I'm no. trying to get a job in my field doing music yeah. writing because it's been two years out of school, like need to like have like a set gig at this point you know i feel that man true yeah yeah um bloom are you still living in uh milwaukee yeah i'm still living uh in milwaukee with seinfeld of course uh cause shout out to our brother alex seinfeld yeah he's in his room over there uh, <laughs> watching the game i mean if if i look closely i've kind of got it muted up on here maybe <laughs> we'll see his face he's doing one of those like fan streaming in things so, so anyone who's watching the Bucks Orlando game, game two, you might see our boy Alex Seinfeld. Maybe not. It's kind of hard to see people oh. pick them up or whatever. Oh, like he's yeah. in the stands or something, like a virtual Alex Seinfeld. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, I'm still living in Milwaukee. Um, you know, my job is out in Waukesha, but obviously I've been working from home. Um, I mean that I, I'm. I, I, I definitely know I'm very fortunate to be in the position I'm in. Um, and I'm definitely not taking it for granted. Um, like quarantine has like kind of taught me that, you know, I really like working from home. So okay. it's a big time saving. I'm saving a lot of time commuting, yeah. gas money. I, I really enjoy it. I mean, sure, you know, I don't shower in the mornings anymore. It's more, <laughs> it's more, of an, it's more like I roll out of bed and, you know, log in. But, you know. Dude, yeah, I like rarely put pants on. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I do, and, I, and when I do, I put on like the same shorts from like the past two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, like if I, you know, I just want to like get out for the day, like go on a walk, get some exercise. Like, I, I don't got to impress anybody. <laughs> no, no one's looking at my pants. So, um. Yeah, it took me two and a half months to get unemployment. Um, yeah, I feel it that. It sucked. It fucking sucked. Ryan, how long did it take for you to get it? Uh, so the first time around, I think it took like four or five weeks. 
And then I started getting um, that payment protection thing because Marcus got it. And then that got cut off, I think, July. So I had to start going back on unemployment. So then from there, I think it was like six weeks. And I think I got paid two weeks ago. Were you also one of the ones uh, like myself who is making more on unemployment than you were when you were working? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I definitely was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I was being paid pretty well, but like, like $700 a week, like that's a good amount. Yeah. It's, it's, it really does give a quite a, um, a perspective, a shift yeah. in perspective of like what we should have been making this whole time. I mean, yeah. well, the DNC would have been in July and I would have been busting ass the entire week. So I probably would have made a lot of money then anyway. Yeah, this summer would have been so nice for Milwaukee. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, of course. Yeah. Really yeah. I tell you, from the music scene's point of view, this was the year Milwaukee's going to pop off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, needless to say, it, it has not popped off uh, any more than mm-hmm. anywhere else. Uh, I mean, Granted, like, a lot of people are releasing a lot more shit because it's, like, you know. I'm at home and just make shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. But, I mean, yeah, I miss shows, man. I really miss shows. I do miss shows, too. I miss yeah, two that same. I was supposed to go to. Yeah. What were what were they? Tame Impala oh, and man. Dead and Company. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Um, Ryan, it's, it sounds like it's different every time, huh? Uh, (laughs) um brandon uh how so i know you still have um you're still in school you have uh, a couple more semesters left were you uh working at all uh prior to this uh so i was laid off back in uh may or no may march march Uh, i was offered my job back in june and i uh obviously said no Fuck that. <laughs> As I was in bed, like, I'm like, nah, dude, but I'm not coming back. <laughs> I'm surprised you stayed there. Like, are you sure? We have, like, face masks and gloves and, like, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, you look at the people that are actually, like, that were pulled back into work and you look at them from, like, the outside, you see them working with, like, the face masks and the gloves and they're just, they give you that helpless look (laughs) where they're like get us out of here (laughs) we're being so taken advantage of yeah yeah like i feel like it would be better to just get unemployment than work for some of these for some of these jobs out here especially the ones you know in when quarantine first started with places still open and you know just offering takeout and delivery or whatever like I would have, if I was in that position, I would have rather just be unemployed and collect unemployment at that point rather than just putting myself in danger yeah, like that. Taking right. Yeah, and maybe not even like, you know, making as much. And that's before like all the mask mandates and like everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, and it, I mean it does, and it puts people at like a really rough disadvantage that do get asked to go back to work by their employers because they can't receive unemployment if they refuse work that was offered to them. Yeah. So like, it's basically you either go into work and make much less and risk your safety, um, or you can like, if you don't get asked to go back, then you can make, you know, $700 a week. Just <laughs> yeah. 
it's so it's just so twisted and like broken yeah you know like and granted it took it's still taken there's still people to this day that have been waiting five months for their unemployment and still don't have it and that's also i heard it's getting better though in wisconsin they're they're able to like go through all the weekly claims faster Mm now yeah i know they hired more workers which there you go yeah well, guys, uh, so what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion, and creativity. Uh, you guys, um, obviously, uh, we've been um, trapped in rooms together for a very long time. <laughs> um, sometimes um, with some raised voices. Some very passionate individuals. Passionate yes. individuals. Um, I drink to that. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice, uh, nice dress shirts. Um, Ties that need adjusting, um, <laughs> uh, you know, all all of that kind of stuff. Um, we were in a fraternity that was it was not only a group of passionate individuals, but a very small group of passionate individuals and stubborn. Yeah, and stubborn. <laughs> yeah, you know what they say. You know what they say. I mean, obviously, we're a Jewish fraternity that doesn't, you know, isn't exclusively Jewish, as you can see. You know, Brandon here. As you can see, there's a guy that's not Jewish. <laughs> yes, ex- exactly, exactly. Brandon is not Jewish, for those who don't know already. Um, but you know what they say about Jewish people? For every, you know, two people, there's three opinions. <laughs> but for our chapter, for every two people, there was about five. <laughs> that is absolutely spot on. Um, so I wanted to talk to you guys, bring you guys onto the show and talk about our experience in the fraternity because I think in a lot of ways, you know, it was very like, um, it was an integral part of our college experience and one that taught us like, you know, working in groups, like what works, what doesn't work as well as like perseverance and having each other's back, holding each other accountable, like all that stuff that, you know, I think was, you know, it it came in ebb and flow, definitely. But looking back, you know, like, I mean, obviously I've been out of school for two years, but like looking back, it's like, I would not have had anywhere close to like, as, you know, um, enriched and embellished college experience if I hadn't joined a fraternity and I wouldn't have joined any other fraternity than AEPI. So I kind of want to like talk to each one of you about, you know, what your thoughts are. So Ryan, you've been in the fraternity longest. Um, <laughs> you were at the very first informational meeting that I ever went to like the second week of my freshman year. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. you were, <laughs> you walked up to me. That's right. I walked up to you guys and I was like, I was like, wow, a Jewish fraternity. Um, and uh, I want to hear a little bit about your own, you know, like, because I know you were very heavily involved in BBYO and right, yeah. whatever. I want to hear kind of like, did you know you were going to join a fraternity when you came to college? My senior year of high school, yes, I did. So I went to BBYO's international convention in uh washington dc john bridge was there he was given his bro-neg yeah yeah he had other uh brothers up there hyping him up um yeah they were just talking about how like 
their experience in BBYO, you know, translating over to AE Pi really enhanced their experience. And that really like spoke to me. So I knew Mitchell Rowan, who was in my BBYO chapter. Um, and I knew he had started AE Pi here at Milwaukee um, in December, like prior. And I knew I wanted to join once I got to UWM. What was your experience like, just like approaching the group? Like from what it was at the time, like what was it like yeah. for you? What do you mean? Like specifically as the like the group, like culture dynamic or like? No, what? I mean like, well, I mean like when you first like came to school and like approached the Pi guys that were yeah. there, like what was it I like? approached Mitchell Rowan to join actually. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny joke. Uh, AEPI didn't rush me. I rushed AEPI. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I met most of the brothers for the first time at the Hillel Welcome Back Barbecue. Um, I didn't really want to go because I didn't really know anyone, but my mom pushed me to go. Um, shout out to Amy. Yeah, I can, I can relate yeah, to that. Yeah, shout out to Amy. Um, uh, and I met Zane Gale, who I went to Camp Interlochen with. Big love to Big Z Gale. Yeah, shout out to Zane Gale. Me, we just, he actually hit me up recently and we nice. caught up. And it was the first time talking to him in so long. He's doing really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, I met with Mitchell there and I met some of the brothers. And then I was talking with, uh, Zane over on the side and I mentioned A Pi to him and he said that he was also interested too and that was just kind of how we started our journey. Nice. Um yeah. Um so you were by far you had the most tenure in your undergrad yeah. career. Definitely. Um being in the fraternity like you graduated last December, right? Yep. Yeah. So I guess like um, so how was the fraternity, like the dynamic and just like what the, like, how was it different when you first started versus like when you ended up leaving college, like last year, like yeah. how was it different? Cause you were involved in it longer than I was. Right. AE Pi Milwaukee has taken on a lot of different entities and you've been through um, different cultures. Yeah. Almost all of them. Um, I guess the, the first wave was very supportive, um, of trying to elevate each other, uh, you know, whether you're on eboard, you know, encouraging individuals to, you know, do more, um, saying great job, even if there's something that they could have done better, um, just overall, so really supportive, um, yeah. Um, trying to think what else. Yeah, it was just how big was it? Like how big is it now? Um, I don't even know how many they have. I, I don't know either. Yeah. either. <laughs> well, I mean Brandon, it, Brandon, aren't you like still technically like in it? You're in it's kinda iffy. It's kinda iffy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And senior standing. Very iffy. Yeah. I don't know what's going on this year. School's all online. Right. Recruitment's gonna be very difficult and so um, let's, let's do, like they're gonna let's do Zoom rush. Zoom rush. 
I don't see any other option. Because <laughs> I heard that there's a restriction by the university how many people that they can have at a sponsored event. So, yeah, Zoom Rush. Zoom, Zoom Rush. Yeah, I don't know if that would be a big problem for the New York Salon chapter. I mean, as long as, you know, Hillel gets people, A5 will get people. Exactly. exactly. You know it. <laughs> that is a good point. So, you were president um, after I was. Um, how, so like, basically by becoming president, you automatically make every single issue that impacts fraternity, you, you make it your issue. Like, you yeah. basically take on all of the, the good, the bad, the silly, the ugly, yep. all of it is you kind of have to facilitate through like everything. So like, yeah. I guess like what, what did you think were like the biggest challenges of like leading being like sort of the, the front facing person in AEPI? Like what did you think was the hardest part about it? But what did you also think was like the most rewarding part? Um, we've had conversations about this, many conversations, and that's finding that balance between being everyone's boss and being a friend. Um, during those first few weeks of being president, I already got like a couple complaints against me about, you know, taking too much like authority or making decisions. <laughs> we all knew, we all know the individuals who. Bro, that's, yeah. that's stubborn. Right. That's a couple. Yeah, I said a couple. I said a couple. I don't want to single anyone out. No, of here. course not. That isn't already on this call. But, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't that I wasn't ready for the task. You know, I was on eboard prior. You were very ready, right? Yes, I was very ready. It was just a matter of, you know, getting everyone else to, you know, move through, you know, the difficulties that we had in the past and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this is something I still reflect on a lot to this day yeah. is like one thing that when you're telling somebody, like when you're, you assign people roles to have like, you know, where their, their performance and their action on those roles, like, you know, the group as a whole is directly dependent on, you have to kind of what you said earlier about how, you know, you have to say great job, even if things could have been done better. Right. It's like, you have to point out to them, you have to like affirm them positively. Like, this is what yeah, we like. Positive reinforcement. Exactly. Yeah. This is what you did well, but this is also how you can improve. Like just being constructive and not being like, you know, malicious or judgmental or, you know, attacking them for yeah. like and inaction. That's, that's how it got though. You know, it, it wasn't, enough of having that this is what you can do better and it kind of you know created a you know chain of events it was a lot of this okay. yes a lot of that and that's what it turned into a lot of you know finger pointing yeah and that becomes because i feel like i don't know obviously there was a period of time where like we weren't able to rush and bring in new members and i yeah. think that that added so much extra pressure on everybody to like sort of like for the group survival 
um, you know, we were worried that if we didn't have like a good rush this semester or the following semester, then, you know, how are we going to grow and prosper? And I'm, I mean, I'm like, even after like I went pretty inactive in the fraternity, like I was really proud of just seeing all of the, like the, 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 how much everyone stepped up you know, that really did truly care and wanted to see everyone come out of this. Yeah. So that, that's a good segue. So Bloom. Yeah. So Brandon Bloom, I remember you, uh, I remember when you first came to a Rush event. Um, first time, you were this tiny little, um, <laughs> you were this wee lad. You were like, <laughs> everyone instantly like you know i feel like everyone instantly like had an affinity for you because you looked like you were 12 years old <laughs> um, <laughs> you're just so bait you just looked like such a little kid and you looked so shy and uh, um you were kind of just like you know and you were i feel like you didn't quite know what you were getting yourself into but then quickly you like you know, sort of like ran with it and you ended up becoming one of the most, in my personal opinion, one of the most level-headed, affable, and just easily, easygoing dudes that was in Mu Epsilon. And not only that, you're my son! <laughs> son! You're dead. My son! <sighs> oh, I love thee! I love you too, so, Yeah, so, um... <laughs> Uh, so Brandon, I want to. What did you say, Ryan? I'm just Grandpa over here. <laughs> yeah, that's old pops. <laughs> <laughs> so Brandon, Brandon, tell me about how. Like, did you think you were gonna? I know you were in USY in high school. Like, yeah. Um, did you think you were gonna join a fraternity? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. I think. If I remember correctly, I think before I came to school, my mom had looked up the like the AE Pi chapter here and had like, you know, just gone on the website, the RIP to that old website that wasn't kept up ever. Um, because <laughs> someone from my synagogue was in the chapter. Uh Robert Miller. Yes, Robbie. <laughs> Robbie Miller. Robert Miller. Robbie. Robbie, yeah. Um I met him like I met him like one time and it was it was of course at the pool. <laughs> I, I haven't, I honestly, I haven't seen him since I was probably in like early high school, not middle school, um, but shout out to him anyways. Um, He's a dentist. Yeah, I, think. I, I know. I he was in dental so. school. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But yeah, I didn't think so. I mean, I know there was, there was, I think there was some people that like worked at my synagogue while they were in college who kind of helped out with my USY <laughs> chapter who were in AEPI. I think one of them had, you know, talked about AEPI at some point and I had said something along the lines of, oh, you're in a fraternity, so you buy your friends or whatever, you know, that typical. <laughs> That's but what yeah. everyone says. <laughs> exactly. So I, I really wasn't looking, you know, to join a fraternity, you know, straight away when I got here, I obviously, I didn't know anyone in Milwaukee, which is for the best. I, I didn't really want to go to college with people I knew from high school, just because, I, you know, I, want, yeah, I wanted a fresh start, exactly. So... I came here and I, you know, I joined the ultimate Frisbee team, Black Cat, um, and, you know, I was, you know, practicing with them. I was in their open tryouts or whatever, and I think I was in, 
I was in like the union when Rabbi Chesky of Chabad, you know, uh, you know, recognized I was Jewish or I went up to him or something. After I after I blew off one invite to a rush event, you know, I went to the next and the rest is history. But yeah, I definitely didn't see myself joining a Greek organization, but AEPI was definitely, I think, the only one I would have joined, especially here at UWM, where there's not really, you know, any other options that I would have felt comfortable with coming into school. I think the the fact that it was, you know, a you know Jewish fraternity, you know, or you know, you know, historically Jewish fraternity was definitely a big factor for me because my Jewish identity was very important to me. It is important to me. But but yeah, I I think it was probably one of the best decisions of my life, you know, for all the for all the ups and downs, it was still, you know, definitely the best decision I made in college, that's for sure. Hell yeah, dude. So you also were president after Ryan was. So what were your takeaways from that experience? I mean, overall, it was a great experience. Besides just being able to put it on my resume, which is a great <laughs> resume builder. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, it was a really good experience. There was definitely, you know, issues, you know, just, you know, butting heads with people and, you know, issues that I feel like any, you know, fraternity president would face having to deal with, you know, you know, running everything, you know, some of the stuff Ryan talked about. And then, you know, other, you know, chapter specific issues as well. But overall, it was, it was a great experience. I feel like, you know, the role in general, even just my whole fraternity experience really helped me grow up, you know, in college, because I definitely came into school, like, very immature and, you know, not ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, like, <clears throat> my first week of freshman year, like, similar to you I didn't know anybody when I came here um knew I knew Conley. like a, what's up you knew Conley yeah I knew Josh but um I still like I knew a couple people like vaguely like from high school like but I didn't know anybody like well enough to like you know hit them up and be like hey I need friends like what what what's to do here but once I like went to the Greek informational meeting and like met the guys from AEPI, like it just immediately felt, I felt so, so much more comfortable, like instantly because it felt like I found people because, and that's the kind of the beauty of being Jewish. Like, to be honest is like, you know, people joke about like the Jewish geography thing. Like, you'll always know people that know someone you know from like a summer camp or from like this or that. And, and that did ring true. Like it, you automatically have so much to relate to, like when you're Jewish and like when you're, you know, a struggling college student, like just by being Jewish, you automatically have people. And uh, yeah, like that's just like the dope. I think that's what's super dope about, um, AE Pi is like, oh shit, you know, now I have friends, now I have people to drink with, now I have people to hang out with on the weekends, now I have people to, you know, like come to if like you need something. Yeah, definitely. Totally. There is some truth to uh, buying your friends, though. I will say that. There is some <laughs> truth to that. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. With joining it, it's like you meet people, and I guess you are paying to be in it, but I feel like the money 
at least it's supposed to go to you know the stuff you do i mean yeah not necessarily for me yeah. right away but <laughs> um, when you joined in so you are you joined when i was a senior so i was already kind of like over all the shit by that point <laughs> then you joined did you think you were gonna join a fraternity let alone a jewish fraternity no, no idea. I had no idea. I didn't think I was going to make Jewish friends in high school or college. <laughs> I was like, you know, <laughs> it caught me by surprise as if uh, I'm, I'm here like with Bloom. I didn't, beside like from the few friends that did go to UWM, I wanted to go to UWM to make like new friends. I didn't want to know anyone. Yeah. So how did you get like convinced to join a Jewish fraternity? How was I convinced? Um, yeah. So, yeah, back in the fall of 2017, which was my fall semester, um, my friend Orrin and I, who I knew Orrin from high school, he was actually Jewish, and he was actively being rushed by Epi. I happened just to follow him. I don't know why. <laughs> I just happened to follow him. I don't even think it, the brothers at the time were even trying to rush me. I was just following my friend Orrin because Orrin, he was a very shy guy. He kind of wanted to have someone that he knew to accompany him to, like, this strange cult-like group of guys hanging out after 6 p.m. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, in your so, what has the fraternity done to like enrich your social life, your college experience? Um, I believe that the fraternity has really like introduced me to a great group of friends that I know, like beyond college, that they'll still be my friends. Uh, we've also had crazy like life-changing moments. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just a uh, you know, I lived with the guys, I ate with the guys, drunken with the guys, freaked so, out and, you know, and carried by them. They, you know, for better or for worse, you know, when things got tough, like they were there for me. And then when things got good and then, you know, it, it's just, it's been all over the place, right? Like at the end of the day, like I know they're still my brothers. And then even though like some have moved on and some have not talked to me, like we did have like a, I guess a small piece or at least a short time of us like you know, really having a good friendship or relationship. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like, <clears throat> so that kind of brings us to now. So, like, I don't even really know, like, I guess how to ask this, but it's just, like, what is, what's up with them now? Like, what are they, what are they doing now, like, the Mew Upsilon chapter? Like, so we don't know how many people are in there? Uh, we do not have any prospect number. Um so I believe like shortly after, you know, Bloom and Slash, you know, Ryan's graduation, like really the guys that were the foundation of the chapter really left and it kind of left off like, you know, me who was one of the oldest members, Mark and Sam, we, you know, we, we kind of lost the connection that like the first generation had. We were just like, I just felt like the maturity and the professionalism kind of left the chapter, unfortunately. And we were just kind of scrambling, trying to get like, trying to get things to how they were before. But I guess, you know, like we can't, you know, obviously losing Bloom and Ryan was like a huge blow to our group. Especially like with, even with Logan too being gone, we, I, we, I just felt that we were very lost. Um, you know, I, I served for like a half a semester, a semester as president. And like, I really saw things kind of go down. Like it was, it was so hard to get people to be accountable so hard to get people to listen to me and to attend, you know, rush events, social events. It, it kind of felt like, you know, I, you know, because we, 
but I felt like I knew the blueprint because I, I saw how, uh, you know, Ryan and um, Bloom ran things. I tried to do it the same way, but with this group of people, I, you know, it was unable, I was unable to really connect with them. Yeah, I feel that. You know, you know what I think a problem is, is that when, when there's just like, you, you take like just a group of guys and like, just when you add like, I, I, I swear, like, I think that like, being Jewish is just sometimes it's just way too fucking hilarious, you know. <laughs> like sometimes it just makes everything funnier when the context of us all hanging out is a fact we're in a Jewish fraternity. Like I still think it like it just made it so much harder to take things like seriously because like you know like to be I think Jews like there's a lot of humor to being Jewish, you know, in like, terms of like nationals, um, in <laughs> terms of, like the national experience, Ryan, you went to a number of uh, AAPI conventions. Um, what did Bloom, did you go to any? Yeah, I went to one a few years ago in Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, I should have gone to that. Honestly. That was a good one. I got to see, got to see my boy Matt Sizemore there. Shout out to, to Matty. To see him as much as often, you know, nowadays. I was, gonna, I was planning on going to Knoxville to visit him like this fall. I've been talking about it for like a year or two, but obviously that wasn't happening. Obviously, we didn't predict we'd be in a global health crisis. No one could. Gotcha. <laughs> like, how did that like kind of add to what was already like the the API experience to you guys? Like, what did? You, how do you feel like? you know, like, what did you learn from the conventions? Like, what, what made it so, what made them special to you guys? That's a good question. I mean, you want to go? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first, Ryan. I'm sure you've got a lot you could add. Yeah. Um, and a lot I'll agree with. Um, it was definitely, I definitely enjoyed it, for, you know, because we got to see, you know, people from other chapters that we had this connection with that we otherwise, you know, really wouldn't, maybe besides the fact that, you know, for the most part, they were Jewish. Um, you know, it was really cool, just the, the sense of brotherhood there, just, and seeing how other chapters kind of ran also, because for the most part, it was very different from how our chapter ran. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just that sense of camaraderie that was there was really cool. I, I thought that was, that was probably one of the best parts of it and just meeting you know all these people from around the country and around the world honestly that you know I wouldn't have met you know if it wasn't for AEPI and I think that that's something I really hold close to my heart and you know along with you know you know the seminars could get boring but you know they were they, they were overall like good experiences that you needed to go through. The seminars yeah they kind of they sort of just like a lot of those like conferences or the conventions or whatever, like, it, like it's sort of like a rehashing of like a lot of things you've heard already about, oh, how to get more members, how to rush and do the. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you said that too. <laughs> yeah, like it's like we get it. Yeah, we need guys. We need cool guys. Yeah. We get it. <laughs> yeah. Cool dudes. <laughs> you know, like, overall, like, I think, like, the biggest part of, you know, conclaves and um, conventions was just, you know, to be, you know, pretty, you know, stereotypical, you know, stereotypical frat boy, you know, 
it was just got a bunch of bros together being bros. <laughs> and, you know, it was cool. It was cool. And it's really, it was really, a, you know, an eye-opening experience, you know, seeing, seeing the other chapters. Like, for example, like, Indiana has, you know, the largest chapter. And I think, what, Ryan, is like the largest fraternity chapter in the world or something? I don't know. In the States, yeah. Yeah, in the States at least. But, like, you know, it's just interesting to see how, you know, like, guys are from chapters like that compared to, you know, how we are in our chapter and, you know, other smaller chapters or, you know, people at other schools with very different environments that, you know, aren't Big Ten schools like Indiana is. Like, you know, Indiana, you know, I heard guys talking about how they, you know, I hope hopefully it's okay for me to say this, how they literally had to turn away legacies because they had too many guys. Or yeah, something. then they had to establish a zero tolerance for turning away uh, legacies at that point. Yeah. I think it was because Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. Because of that, yeah. For all the viewers that don't know, a legacy is if, like, your, your dad or – like your grandfather or something was might even be uncle fraternity. i'm not sure it depends on on the fraternity if they consider yeah. your uncle dude like the legacy the thing i couldn't imagine is like imagine being in a fraternity and not know who everyone is like yeah, <laughs> i couldn't yeah. i could not imagine that like this so-called like brotherhood of what like 300 guys like you know yeah. hypothetically at like a big 10 school it's like if I couldn't, if I don't know your life story, then how the fuck am I in a fraternity with you? Yeah, exactly. That's something that I also really appreciated about our chapter was, you know, for everything else going on, I knew everybody and I knew everybody well. And, you know, it really helped form a bond with everybody. Like, you know, there's plenty of Greek life chapters that are huge. Like my sister's at Delta Gamma at San Diego State and like, you know, she uh, she does not know everyone in her chapter, not even Damn. close, I don't yeah. think. It's, it's just crazy to think about how, you know, people are in chapters like that. You know, I'm sure there's, you know, various, you know, positives and negatives about it, but I really think, you know, one of the biggest, you know, positives of being in the Mu Epsilon chapter at UWM was that, you know, you know everyone. Yeah. You know, you know them all too well. You know all their quirks. <laughs> you know what pisses them off, and you also know. And you also know. Yeah. You also know what. Uh, you also know what they think is funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're when you're trying to chuck through a semester with only ten guys, you know, like it, you do. Um, you remember that time we had like a e I think Ryan and Bloom were part of this. Do you guys remember when we had like a retreat? And what, it was your guys' place? No, it was at this in the Kilbourne Tower. <laughs> that, that was that was part of it. The Kilbourne yeah. Tower was one day. That was part day. one. Yeah. We literally got a. We literally got a. We're not talking about that. We literally got a. to come pick me up after yeah. I walked home. Terrible we literally got a box of Joe. <laughs> we got a box of Joe, and like some donuts. And oh, there were bagels, man. Or bagels. I don't. I don't know. Of course, <laughs> Einstein's. But we had spent like an entire day in front of like agree on our chapter's problems. <laughs> agreeing on the agreeing on the wording of the fucking constitution. <laughs> 
I can only literally it took an hour to get through like one clause. I don't know, man. It took an hour know. to get. You could so, misconstrue that. That was, yeah. Yeah, that was terrible. I right, eventually not be that many people like working on a that, That's why when they've when at least when I've helped like redo the constitution, it's been like two three guys. Yeah, and then we take it yeah. to the chapter and approve it. Exactly. Yeah. When you get seven guys trying to <laughs> figure out the wording for one fucking <laughs> sentence, <laughs> it takes two hours. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, yeah. like for better or for worse, like part of our our experience definitely is that we took ourselves too seriously. Yeah. Like there was definitely times where that's appropriate. Yes. And there's other times that that was not appropriate, and that was not, not necessary. Yeah. Oh, oh my it's god. It's like, bro, it it's a college fraternity. Chill out. Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I can see that and laugh. Yeah. Like, definitely. Right. This isn't like a Fortune five hundred. <laughs> no. This pulls four hundred. <laughs> we gotta. Yeah, we don't need to like almost strangle each other. <laughs> when what was cool about AEPI was that like because we were like the Jewish fraternity, like it made it really easy to sort of like get along with other groups and like other fraternities. And like since there was like a cultural slash religious aspect to our group, like we had a very kind of like a specific like target audience of like you know who we appealed to who we gravitated towards so it's not like we're really competing with anybody yeah and that made it easy to like foster relationships with like other people and make friends in other organizations and like you know i i met cool people in all the other fraternities and sororities and like um that made our parties really fun that's for sure definitely yeah i agree yeah yeah definitely some solid so what do you here's another thing what did you guys make think was like what were the challenges that came with not being in a city where we couldn't have an official house do you want to start this ryan um let's let ryan start convincing people to live with a bunch of jews (laughs) i love the jews (laughs) and possibly not getting your security deposit back yeah. <laughs> I guess that's like I don't know the broad look of it yeah mm-hmm. yeah with a smaller chapter too it's like you know you've got to you know throw a group of guys together you know that have to feel like you know the necessity and you know you don't have to feel that there's plenty of guys who did not want to live in you know in an unofficial house at all you got to have the guys who want to, for the sake of the chapter, to have that, you know, central location, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't easy. It, it no, still isn't it wasn't. easy. I don't think it'll ever be uh, easy after like ours. Yeah. Yeah. That, and you also have to convince all those people that you, that you, uh, you know, got to live in the house with you to pay for a bunch of things that, that they, uh, didn't know they were going to have to pay for. I mean, we yeah. later figured that out when we lived together. With there was having the, parlor dues, that was yeah, that was a major yeah. key. We literally had fraternity funds for uh, toilet paper. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it works. It works I would yeah. I would go like maybe like once every three months to Costco and get. 
the giant thing mm. of toilet paper and paper towel. Kirkland. That oh, was right. honestly clutch. So like what, like fifty bucks for brother who didn't live in the house to for probably just get Yeah, I mean I lived in the house, but it wasn't I don't think it was anything too bad. I mean, no, it, it worked guys, out. Guys hung out at the house all the time. Yeah, and use our paper towel and toilet paper. So it worked out. It did. Yeah, exactly. Especially since we had like what? Two bathrooms, so Mm-hmm. I, mean, yeah, I, exactly. feel, I mean, I feel like any chapter of the house would kind of have similar dudes. Yeah, we knew that we had a big house and that was something we needed to do, so. No matter how much toilet paper you guys bought, that house was still very sticky. <laughs> Don't terrible. get me started about that. I still think it's better than the, the house the guys had this past year. <laughs> Your place, that you were never there. Oh, yeah, you were <laughs> Yes. Wait, where did, where did you guys... It was on uh, the 29th block of Kramer. Yeah, that was uh, that was quiet. We had the upper unit, so we had like a bottom stair neighbor. We uh, we took out their like AC for like a weekend because uh, we threw a party and uh, someone oh. ripped off the air duct. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, do not split a house with strangers. So preparing to living above like three, you know, normal <laughs> people does not work. <laughs> oh yeah, Ryan and I did that. Remember, um, we lived on the 33 block of Kramer. We did. We lived in a relatively quiet area. Of we did. Quiet sector of the neighborhood. Shout out to Sandra. Yes, shout out to, <laughs> shout out to Sandra. You guys got at it quite a few times. Yeah, well, That's, it's because we couldn't. down through it, too. I'm like, dude, it's not worth it. Well, it's because we had, like, if we were having, like, six or seven people over for, like, some drinks, it's, like... like wine nights? <laughs> yeah, we had a wine night, and then we got yeah. yelled at by our neighbor that she had to work at 6 a.m., and it, there wasn't even any music or anything. We were just, like... We were just talking. The co- yeah, we were just talking, or, like, the occasional, like, the occasional <laughs> yell. Yeah. No, <laughs> I remember this one time. Uh, we moved in June, and this was August when fucking um jake was living with us yeah and we we had his tv and i was watching i think we were watching something on the tv and we had the windows open and i think she texted you like yo like you guys are too loud we were literally just watching tv i think we were watching like ted (laughs) 2. dude that shit was hilarious that shit was so funny that was so funny um (laughs) Yeah. So, that was funny though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the edibles that got yeah. Like, your your buddy left edibles because they were in town, <laughs> and you you the week prior you were gonna you went to Lollapalooza and you were gonna bring it back to him and you forgot. Oh, and <laughs> like Ben, you're not giving it back to him. I'm I'm gonna have one, oh, and God. I'm just sitting and we're watching maybe like 20, 30 minutes through the movie and you. You pause to make food. And I get up and go to the kitchen because, you know, we have those kitchen talks, many kitchen talks. Yeah. And I take, like, two steps off the couch. I'm like, whoa. Oh. <laughs> and the rest of the movie was absolutely hilarious. So, I guess for the sake of time, the final kind of question is now, looking back, looking back at it is like, you know, the three, three or four of us are out of school. I don't. I feel like I kind of left a lot of the fraternity just sort of in college. You know, like I don't really connect much about AE Pi 
what that I used to like now that I'm out of school and trying to figure my life out and shit. So like, it hasn't been like, you know, it hasn't like, I, but you know, I'm still, I can still look back and be like, you know, it was fun. It was, it was fun. And I made a lot of friends doing it. And, you know, we, we definitely like learned a lot about ourselves. Like, I guess like, what do you guys have to say about like being out of school? Like now, what do you have to say about the experience as a whole? Uh, Bloom, we'll start with you. Oh, okay. And I, I heard you go first, but <laughs> I, I will. Um, yeah, honestly, like it was such a huge part of my college experience that I really thought it would be a huge part of my graduate experience, but it, it hasn't been. Like it definitely affected me and it made me, you know, the person I am today but I wouldn't say I'm terribly involved with the guys now. I mean, you know, I hang out with them every once in a while or whatever. And, you know, they can always hit me up if they need advice or something. <clears throat> but, you know, for as huge of a part of my life it was for those four years, you know, you know, it's, it's not so much right now, but it's still, it still carries a lot of value in my life. And, you know, like I said, it made me who I am today. I, like I made obviously lifelong friends, you know, who, you know, will, who are, you know, will be there, you know, forever. Some of my closest friends, you know, Ryan, Alex, who just walked in the kitchen over there. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> you know, several others. You, Benny boy. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, like I definitely took it very, very seriously as a college student. You know, maybe it's sometimes more seriously than I should have, like I said earlier. But I, I, I still, I don't have any regrets, you know, of it for, you know, all the ups and downs. And, you know, there are things I could have changed. But I, I think the whole experience as a whole was just incredible. And I, I wouldn't change anything about it just, just because of how unique it was. Ryan, how about you? Oh boy, um, I still hang out with some of the active brothers. They're some of my closest friends. Hang out with them a lot, especially through these trying times. Um, and you know, they talk to me about you know what's going on and kind of what Bloom was talking about. How like you take things too seriously, and I, I tell them all the time like. The problems that they have are, you know, compared to the problems that we have specifically, like they're minuscule, like they can get through them. They just need to, you know, buckle down and, you know, figure it out. It, it you know, at the end of the day, you know, it won't matter. Yeah. Like the effort that they put into it, like that's what's important, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, besides that, um, just how to work in a professional setting and how to work with different opinions and personalities, I guess is one of the biggest takeaways from being in fraternity. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree. If I can add like one more thing, kind of like taking it very seriously and you know what Ryan was saying, like <clears throat> anyone who's in, you know, a, you know, a fraternity or just like a club especially if it's a smaller club but just in general like and even you know any college organization and anything in life really like 
you're going to get in as much as you, you're going to get out of it as much as you put in. And yeah, you definitely. know, like you don't have to put a lot into, you know, some things in life, but if you put a, you know, a lot of effort and a lot of time into something, then you're going to get a lot out of it. You know, I, I got a lot out of, you know, my, you know, fraternity experience in AEPI because I put a lot into it. Like you don't have to do that. You can just be, you know, a rank and file member of whatever organization and, you know, get out, you know, whatever you get out of it. But, you know, I got out what I got out of it because I put so much time and effort into it. And, you know, I feel like that made me, you know, a better person that taught me a lot of lessons. And so, you know, just to anyone that's really, you know, <clears throat> in any sort of organization, just, you know, if you want to get a lot out of something, you got to put a lot in. I'm going to piggyback off that and make Love the a final thing. Yeah. Love the um, another thing that I learned is, you know, going outside your comfort zone. Um, yeah. You know, try things you haven't normally tried. Um, yeah, I'll specifically, uh, Sam, shout out to Sam Herzog. It's really into like, you know, board games and role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. I'm actually going to be doing that in a little bit. But Ooh. yeah, yeah, I know. Um, it's actually loads of fun. He, he asked me <laughs> a couple months ago if I wanted to join a campaign and it, it's a lot of fun. I never would have thought that I would have done something like that, but yeah, like, you know, try new things, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like, um, piggybacking off of both of them. <laughs> you um, almost a piggyback. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Off of um, lots of piggies. <laughs> uh, so I, I echo everything you guys just said, like, we have to remember we like the fraternity can be a very di like we had a lot of diverse people and diverse like you said personalities and people of different backgrounds and whatever and it's a great thing but one thing i think that if there's one thing that i wish i could go back and like you know maybe like try to try to have incorporated more of when i was president of the fraternity or just like when i was involved at peak was we can't forget that we're also here to have fun you know yeah definitely. we're here to like be friends and we're here to like have each other's back and like i think that a lot there are several times more than others that like several times where we lost sight of that and it just strictly yeah. became like you know something that we it was almost like just a tr an anxiety trigger just to like even bring up any business revolving around the fraternity whatsoever. Yeah, and yeah, I think, yeah, and yeah. that I think really like that, I think really, um, it just sort of aggravated everyone's involvement and it made it a chore rather than something we really like were ready, willing and able to like, you know, invest in. And that's why after a while, like, you know, I just couldn't do it anymore um it just became just too much of a headache and it made me a lot of like the arguing and just you know forgetting about fun parts of it or even when we tried to have fun it always ended up becoming some a lot of times like the business got involved in the fun we were having and that sort of like it just it just made it made us at you know one point or another where like we question like why are we even fucking doing this like is this really worth all of this but yeah mm -hmm. you know ultimately ultimately like 
I ended up laughing my ass off more times with you guys than like I have with most people. And, uh, you know, you, I learned a lot about my boundaries. I learned about kind of what um, you both were saying, Brandon and Ryan about like, just like tolerance and patience for like change to happen. And that it's not the end of the world if like you can't fix something. Like yeah. at the end of the day, we are a group. And just because you might have a role and yes, you have to do that role and hold yourself accountable. But at the end of the day, it's like, you're a human being, you'll make mistakes and it's okay. Like we joined this organization because we wanted to make friends. We wanted to like have fun and, you know, have times we would look back on. So Brandon, how about you? How, what do you think? Like, yeah, you, I'm going to piggyback on all of you guys. No, like, yeah. I, I feel like every single emotion you guys have, like, described, I mean, there were very high points, you know, one of the highest points being in the fraternity was, like, when I was rush chair under Bloom, recruiting, you know, seven guys, you know, going through the ceremony, doing all these things, introducing them to the fraternity, getting, like, you know, telling them about our experiences, and the lows is, like, you know, not being able to recruit anyone, and just, like, arguing, constant arguing, just butting heads, you know, not wanting to talk to each other, muting the chat, it was... It was the like muting of the chat. Yeah, and if uh, it, it's almost like if one person was up, like even if one brother was upset, like it was heard. Like the whole fr the whole fraternity felt it. You know, the whole energy level would just go down, even if one or two guys were bickering. Like it was felt, but like yeah, I mean that was a negative of us being so small. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it's like it's a, it's really much of an echo chamber. Like it's also like it's. Sometimes it's a good thing. Like sometimes the high, the hopes and the energy level is really high, and then it goes down low again. And it, it, that's how it really felt. And you know, my, my biggest takeaway from the fraternity was like making friends. Uh, you know, obviously like developing as a person because you have to remember when we, you know, we're only when we enter college and we join. You know, most of us were just 18 years old. We didn't really know what we were doing. We're we're so young, and like we're we're bound to make mistakes. You know, there's people you know way older than us that don't even know what's going on. So it's you know, like, I look back, and I, I felt like I was kind of hard on myself. I was hard on some people. But, I, you know, like, as you mentioned, it, it's really about having fun. But then, you do, you know, it was, all, it was obviously also a responsibility. It's something that, like, you know, we were taught as when we joined, we, we were a group, and every, every action we had was an effect on the whole group as a, as a whole. Yeah. And uh, that was one of my biggest takeaways. Totally. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that all being said, do you guys have like a defining moment of your AEPI experience? I know what mine is. What's yours? You, you, go, first. you go first. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, rocking in a chair for 12 hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, peeing myself in the middle of the UWM union. <laughs> that was my, right. I mean, okay. I was so more than willing to do that because we did it for a great, we did it for a great cause. Hey, you know, yeah, cause was near and dear to your heart. Yeah, we raised money for mental health awareness. But that was just like, if there was anything that like really, like truly like to me, like what it was all about was the fact that like we said we were going to do something, something charitable, something that built a sense of community, something that people could, you know, walk past and connect with. It was that. And 
that was that was just such an important part for not only like myself personally but just i felt like it was important that i think we did that as a group like because it set like a sort of almost it almost set like a, a, a precedent of like we should be doing these things like a yeah lot more. also this isn't technically a fraternity thing but getting bar mitzvah and having you guys all there was <laughs> bro yeah um not really one in particular, but I guess, you know, looking back at it as a whole, like inspiring others to do more, especially this one, um, you know, <laughs> I appreciate you inspiring them to, you know, be a leader and, you know, step up, I guess. Another thing that I forgot to say was um, another big thing that I learned was being accountable for myself and admitting mistakes when, you know, when I made one or, you know, admitting I didn't do something when I was supposed to do it. That, that's a, another big thing that I learned mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. When, how about you? Uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback off Ryan too. It's really like the small things that we, you know, we see during our time in the chapter and, you know, afterwards, like the small growths, you know, people growing and, into their position and just kind of moving on with their lives kind of had a profound effect on me, you know, like I would, I'll be lying if I said like API, like didn't affect my life, but it really did. It really helped me and it evolved me. And also I made a lot of good friends through it. Um, I mean, I, well, I feel like I need to say like a special event, like, like Ben, you're literally like sat in a chair for 24 hours. Like, come on. Like, well, I remember walking for like three hours and I was already complaining about it. <laughs> <laughs> you did it for like yeah yeah that was yeah i think it was a good idea to do it in shifts that was a good idea yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, for for the first time yeah yeah all right well we're running out of time here so uh we are going to close out thank you guys for joining me and talking about a pie then and now uh, so my closing questions, when we'll start with you. Okay. What keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Oh, geez. I kind of want to know your answer first before I answer. Ah, uh, geez. Okay, let me think. Honestly, like, the biggest thing that, you know, keeps me up at night is, like, like what am I going to do tomorrow? Like, what am I going to do with my life, you know? Like, what, you know, it, the thing about being in the fraternity was that, like, I kind of knew, like, my schedule. Like, I wasn't really working a lot when I was in eight, you know, when I was still in eight, five. It was just, like, you know, planning stuff, things like that. But, like, you know, with the fraternity kind of, like, you know, things winding down a bit, like, I don't know what I want to do. It's, like, I don't really have anyone telling me what to do, you know, no, like, goals and things like that. And that kind of keeps me up at night. Not anything. But then, you know, I'm kind of starting to know more. <laughs> yeah. It's weird when you heads people barking at you to trying to tell you what to do every single day when you finally don't have that anymore you're like oh shit what do i do with my life i have a whole <laughs> ass life, <laughs> whole ass life. <laughs> um ryan what keeps you up at night i mean pretty much what you guys both already said you know what am i gonna do with my life <laughs> i mean especially with like this pandemic like it's changed a lot of how we're you know living day to day like yeah. yeah i mean look at us look at us we're looking at each other through squares on our screen right yeah. now <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
Uh, Bloom, how about you? What keeps you up at night? Um, well, similar to you guys, you know, a lot of big picture stuff, you know, obviously, you know, stuff like, you know, am I making the right decisions for my future? Um, like, like I, like I do look back on my past decisions and, you know, wonder, do I, did I make the right decisions? How would things be different if yeah. I made so-and-so decision? But, you know, I can't change any of that. And, you know, right. that's something, you know, everyone's got to accept that you can't, you know, change your past decisions. So I guess I, I kind of, you know, what keeps me up at night is, you know, what can I do to make, you know, to make the lessons I've learned from my past decisions, you know, what can I do to actually learn from them and, you know, make, you know, make my future decisions, you know, more informed or, you know, how can I use the, I'm kind of not putting this as well as I want to put it, but, you know, but, I know you, what you're. I know what you're saying. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you and everyone you know that will watch this, you know, knows what I'm saying. Just you know, how, sure. how can I, you know, make sure my my deci- my decisions going forward, my plans going forward can, can you know, be good decisions, good, yeah. you know, good things. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And not make the same mistakes I've made in the past and whatever. Yeah. I've definitely like lie awake thinking, you know, what if we did this differently in the fraternity or what? <laughs> I mean. At the end of the day, like over time, I just learned that like it happened because it happened. And, yeah, yeah. At the, at the end of the day, it's also not our problem anymore. <laughs> that's kind of nice to say. Yeah. Um, so when what puts you to sleep? What puts me to sleep? What puts me to sleep? Um, well, I you know I always remember you know at night that like you know it's okay if things aren't figured out already. You know we'll we'll get there when we get there. You can't rush things just because you know things aren't happening the way you want it right now doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It's it's more so like you know you you set goals for yourself and you you tr- you try your best. Like even if you may fail, you have to try. You have to try this. And that, that's what the fraternity taught me. Like it made me like you know I remember when Ryan and Bloom were like saying like you need to call these guys. Like I'm just like I don't know who these guys are. I've never met them. <laughs> I need to go to Hillel? I want to tell them. What is Hillel? <laughs> you know, it's, you know, just putting your mind, not being afraid, you know, just having, like, no fear and, you know, going through, pushing through. Yeah, Ryan, what puts you to sleep? I, I think, I think Wynn said it best. Like, just trying the best you can, realizing that everything is just going to figure itself out. Um, and I guess just, the experiences that I had are, are valuable. And, you know, at the end of the day, you can't change them and you just cherish them the way that they are. One day you'll see Tam and Paula again, Ryan. (laughs) One day. I wanted to see them for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) What puts you to sleep? Well, I can get deep, but what puts me to sleep is that I get fucking tired. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, you know, your past experiences and, you know, having fear and whatever is nice, but, you know, just, you know, being able to take stuff day by day, remembering that I can take, you know, life day by day and that, you know, time doesn't stop, you know, and that's one of the, you know, the scariest things in life. As much as we would like, you know, as much as you want time to stop at some points, as much as you want to slow things down, time keeps going it does not stop it goes at the same pace you know as journey once said the wheel in the sky keeps on turning exactly
Exactly. Like, you know, I, I get tired at night, so I fall asleep. Like, I know your question is deeper, but, you know, just like, that, that's life. That, no, 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 I know. And I'm like, I'm going like not deep and then I'm going deep. People have just said weed. Like that's yeah, weird. Some, that's sometimes weird. it's that. You you all know how I pat slides down <laughs> big boy job now, but like or I don't even care honestly. I don't think anyone from my job is gonna watch this. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna watch you it. know, you know, you guys know how I get when I smoke, like fucking I pass the fuck out. <laughs> but always like, it, do, it can, always it can. Will. exactly, exactly. I've gotten better, but it's whatever, you know. Like if you if you look back, like it's you know, August August twentieth, right now. Like a month ago, I was I was back in Minnesota with my parents. You know, I, it was it was a big trip or whatever for me. I was you know there you know with my girlfriend, meeting my you know her, meeting my family, meeting my sister's boyfriend or whatever. And you know that was something I was really looking forward to for a long time. And like now that I'm looking at it, that feels like such a long time ago. You know, it was a month ago. Like you gotta just be there in the moment. You know, it just, you know, you know, emphasizing the moment and you know, just looking at things, you know, day by day. That's that's really what puts me to sleep at night. The good and welfare. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it really could feel like a good and welfare. Uh, it really does. Yeah. Feel. For the good and welfare, the after the FS on five fraternity. We had a no. We had to repeat it if we didn't say it right. Uh, yeah, I would make people do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, well, thanks for being on the show, guys. Um, it's good to reconnect, yeah. revisit. Yeah, thank you. Know, you. Good memories, and as well as just the outright silly ones. Uh, yeah, I I hope that um, a Pi Epsilon continues to prosper. Um, but uh, ultimately, I'm glad that we could still sit here years on and talk and hang out. So, thanks, guys. Thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. Definitely. Thank you. Oh, Ben, thank I, I want to thank you for having us on. I know this has been a long time coming. We originally had this plan for whenever in March, like before, <laughs> before Rona hit. I just want to thank you for having us on. This was an awesome conversation. Oh, yeah. I talked for hours on this. I'm sure we all could, but I just really appreciate you having us on here, man. Yeah, you bet. I, I've been trying to get more friends on here just to hang out and catch up and reflect, so glad you guys could do it all right we will see you next time everybody cheers